For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Welcome to Believe in Sparks on the Believe Podcast Network, the only place with a show for every team in Los Angeles and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. Find us on Luminary, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and tune in. In light of the COVID-19 pandemic, the WNBA will conduct a virtual draft presented by State Farm on Friday, April 17th, without players, guests, and media. WNBA Commissioner Kathy Engelbert will announce the draft picks live on ESPN and the ESPN app beginning at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Top prospects will take part remotely. On this WNBA media conference call, we welcomed Greg Bibb, Dallas Wings president and chief executive officer, Sandy Brondello, Phoenix Mercury head coach, Walt Hopkins, New York Liberty head coach, and Cheryl Reeve, Minnesota Lynx general manager and head coach. Each provided their thoughts and assessments on team needs and prospects leading into the 2020 WNBA draft presented by State Farm. We'll go first to Eric Alata, Field Athletic. Um, this is for Walt. Um, my question for you is looking beyond the number one pick, what are some of the things that you and uh, the Liberty franchise are focused on either through the draft or other moves leading up to or after the draft? Hey, Erica. Yeah, uh, we've got a lot on our plate. Um, we're, we're really trying to feel out any possibility to make our team better kind of in any way. So um, we're wide open in terms of we don't, we don't have a position that we're zeroed in on um, anything like that. We're really just looking for high-character um, players with the capacity to fit into our system. And if I can follow up with that, Coach, um, you know, you have some players that uh, I don't think we've heard from officially, Tina Charles being one of them. Um, can you give an update on Tina and, and some other players that, that you're awaiting word on? Yeah. Um, right now, Tina's with the Liberty. And um, anybody else that you haven't heard of, um, the, the case is the same with them. Um, we're just kind of keeping our options open and, and looking into different ways to maximize this group. We'll go next to Maria Marino at SNY. Hi, my question is for Walt Hopkins. So when it comes to development of your draft pick, how big a resource is the connection to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, do you see a benefit in younger players having relationships with guys like Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving, given that prospects such as Sabrina Ionescu have trained with NBA pros? Yeah, I think anytime that you can um, bridge the two worlds, I think it's good for both. I think they learn from one another. And um, I think this is going to be the same type of situation in Brooklyn. Um, our ownership is, is really good. They're really uh, – committed to both franchises, and I know that um, speaking with Sean Marks with the Nets, the GM, he is really big on collaboration, 
So um, we've talked a lot in this offseason about ways that we can best kind of bridge the two groups. Um, so it's absolutely going to be a consideration for us and, and something we look to maximize. Next to Hayes Gardner at Louisville Career Journal. Hi, this question uh, can be for Walton Sandy. Um, I'm looking at some third-round pick-type players, and I'm curious about two Louisville players, Harry Schick and Jasmine Jones, and I'm curious what what their strengths are uh, as players, and do you feel like their skill sets could could translate to the pro level? Yeah, I can speak to both players. Uh, Jazz has um, some high upside. She's athletic. Um, She shoots the three at a a high clip, doesn't shoot a ton of them. Um, But uh, really high-character person, Um, same with Kylie. They're both from the research we've done, we've really been doing this as extensively as we can. Um, both players uh, look like they could be good fits depending on, you know, going into a system that suits their strengths um, or not, which is obviously the case with anyone that gets drafted in a given year. Um, but Kylie's a high-level defender, um, shoots the three, and uh, like I said, both players are highly thought of that many we've talked to, so um, they, they both have potential. We'll move yeah, next to Drew Davison at the Star-Telegram. Yeah, this is for uh, Greg and, and just kind of obviously a big draft, but just overall kind of how do you approach it, especially uh, with so many, you know, four picks in the top nine. Just obviously I, I assume you feel like this could be an organization-defining uh, draft for y'all. We have been preparing for Friday for the better part of two years. You know, going way back to um, our transaction uh, involving Liz Cambage, uh, we certainly picked up two players that we feel will be a big part of our future in Mariah Jefferson and Isabel Harrison, but we also prioritized uh, picks in the 2020 draft because at that time I thought the draft had the opportunity to be a good one. And then moving forward to the transaction involving Skyler Diggins-Smith, by that point, I was feeling more confident about the quality of the draft, so we really emphasized getting uh, draft picks as assets in return rather than established players that can be, you know, at the time of the transaction, I would have felt we weren't getting the value in return that we were giving. So became somewhat of speculators at that point, and um, I'd hope that, you know, the new uh, collective bargaining agreement may entice some of the juniors to enter early. Um, we've had some of those now in the draft. Um, so I think it's a really draft, a really solid draft class, and um, Friday is a very important day for us. You know, if we get it right, it could set the chart for organizations for the next decade and beyond. So um, certainly, I've um, tried to point our organization toward this draft, and looking forward to executing on that plan on Friday. We'll go next to Jace Frederick at St. Paul Pioneer Press. Any questions for Cheryl? Um, I know this is probably something you balance every year, but Specifically this year, how do you look at, you know, the team's greatest need versus what the positional grouping might be of the best players available at six? You know, I think that probably our focus every year is, uh, regardless of what position we're drafting in, that you want to add the best player available. It's utopia when the best player available also fills a need. Um, You know, I think if you look at, you know, last year's draft, um, we, we had come off a free agency where we signed Kareem and Christmas Kelly who at that time was, uh, uh, we, we thought, healthy enough. And so our plan wasn't necessarily to have uh, the number six pick be a starter. Uh, it just worked out that way, and, and Collier made the most of an opportunity. Uh, I, I don't know that this year's number six is any different in terms of our mindset. 
Um, you know, it, it's a deep league and, you know, positions are, are hard to come by, uh, let alone, you know, starting positions. So our mindset is, you know, grab a talented player. I think um, that the narrative for everybody is high character and, and, and uh, a great talent. So we're all looking for the same darn thing and uh, we'll be no different at six. We'll go next to Chantel Powell at Sports Illustrated. Hi, this is for Greg. I uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, you touched on it some uh, earlier, but just um, with how big and how deep this draft is and, and how big it could be for your rebuild, how do you kind of manage that with the somewhat full roster you already have? Well, there certainly is a finite number of spots, and that's 15 under contract, and then obviously 12 when the season begins. So um, if we do our math, we're a little off that number right now. So I'm say a lot off that number, but uh, we'll, we'll do some things between now and when we have to um, to get ourselves to the appropriate numbers. But really kind of pulling back and looking at it globally, the idea was to create as much competition as possible uh, in an environment where we're extraordinarily young, perhaps painfully young, um, and to give ourselves enough assets um, to get to where we want to be. So I think along the way, you could see some unconventional uh, moves from us. Uh, certainly there could be some players that um, are uh, good enough to be on a WNB roster or perhaps players that have been drafted with a high pick in the past that ultimately don't end up on a roster, whether it be for equitable value in return or maybe for no value in return because they're released. Um, but for us, it's really about the destination, not so much the journey. And we've, we've aggregated the picks to be able to afford ourselves the most margin of error possible and to arrive at the best 12 players by the time we play. With Simply Safe Home Security, you'll have outdoor cameras and doorbells that alert you when anyone is approaching. You can set up the system all by yourself, and it only takes 30 seconds. Go to simplysafe.com slash team today, and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure to go to simplysafe.com slash team. That's simplysafe.com slash team. From Simply Safe and all of us here, wishing you safety and good health. We'll go next to Natalie Weiner at SB Nation. Um, I just wanted to ask about Stella Johnson. Um, I know she's definitely kind of a later round pick, but I just wanted to know what you guys have seen from her that maybe you liked or thought might be contender at the next level? I can answer this as Greg in Dallas. I can answer because um, I'm a Matt guy. I'm a Marist College graduate, so I had the opportunity <laughs> to watch Stella play a couple games against my Red Foxes. I think she's a WNBA talent. I think she's an elite scorer. Obviously, you know, there's going to be a step up and an adjustment for her, but she's got the size. I think she has the right mindset. I think she puts in the effort on the defensive end. So I think it's all there for her. I think for a player like Sell, it may be about the right fit and the right opportunity. But I th certainly think she has the ability to play in the WNBA. We'll go next to Brendan Clean at Forbes. My question was actually, um, I think it was something Cheryl touched on a moment ago, but if uh, Sandy or Walt had any sort of perspective on just the way that uh, whether it's the changes to the collective, collective bargaining agreement in terms of, you know, top-line salaries and just the way that we saw so many picks in hands during the offseason, uh, what type of impact that might have just in terms of um, 
planning planning a roster, especially with the uncertainty right now, not, not maybe being able to meet with your front office and things like that. Just sort of the the top line change that that, that might have. Hey, hi, uh, Sandy Brondello here. Sorry, Walt, wasn't quite sure who was going to go. Um, but look, I think it's it really is obviously a crazy situation we're in at the moment. But it's uh, you know I think we all can say. Um, you know, we're staying in close contact uh, with each other and just pre- preparing for the season for whenever it does start. Um, yeah, obviously the salaries for CBA, I think that was great. Uh, you know, that was a, a great thing for the players and, and, and for the, the owners and the team. Um, uh, you know, it's kind of, it, it's really been a crazy free agency with so many players moving. And I think that's exciting for the WNBA. It will generate, um, you know, more media attention. And I just think that it's just going to go from strength to strength. So it's more about just, just trying to make your team the best it can be because we're all about trying to win championships and we find a way to do that. We'll go next to Jake Piazza at the Duke Chronicle. In specific, I had a question for Coach Brondello, um, a name that's kind of been floated around a lot at your guys' position in both the second and third round has been um, Haley Recky, and I guess this can open up to any of the coaches, but just kind of um, what's the chatter surrounding her and does her injury history play a big factor in her draft stock? Uh, look, obviously she's talented. I mean, she'll be picked, yeah, in the second or third round. And, and like I said, team, we all prepare differently, but uh, talented players, you hopefully they get a shot. It's about them coming into training camp and just proving their worth. Um, you know, obviously, they all have an adjustment to make. Um, you know, there's been players that have uh, we've all signed on if they're injured, but... Um, it really hasn't impacted them too much um, as long as they're healthy to go in training camp. So, uh, And if not, you, you sit on them a year. So um, it's just a wait and see. And, you know, for me, I mean, I just look at Jackie Jamalis. Maybe I didn't say that right. But, I mean, for her to get another opportunity in Connecticut just, just shows just persistence. She's continued to work on her game. So, um, and she's getting this other shot. So good for her. We'll go next to Mark McLoon at CBS 5. Uh, Danny, just with the addition of Skyler in the offseason and kind of the way uh, you have the big three now, first question is kind of how, how you approach um, complementing the big three in the draft. And, and the second is how you how do you plan to spend draft night virtually? Yeah, good question. Not sure about the second one, um, how we're going to do that yet. Still working on that. It's a process, but it's still exciting. I mean, every – you do so much preparation here, trying to put your team together. So it's an exciting time. Obviously, no, none more than the players that are going to get chosen. But, um, you know, for us to have the opportunity to bring Skylar in, um, you know, you talk about the big three. Um, she's just a quality player. And obviously, she's an all-star. And we just thought she complemented Diana extremely well. Um, and then you have the inside-outside attack with, um, obviously, Griner there. And, you know, filling out our roster, you know, we need we we knew we had to get younger and more athletic, more playmaking, hey, more shooting. We just needed to get better all around, and and that's what we're trying to do with the players. Um, you know, whether it's through the draft or the the training camp contracts we've added, just trying to put, put players around that will complement those big threes, but also bring us something different as well. Um, yeah, so you know, excited for the draft, and you know, I'm I'm pretty sure that we'll be a good player at ten. We'll go next to Glenn Hill at Houston Chronicle. Hey everyone, thanks for your time. Uh, this, this is an open question. I'm curious, uh, what are your thoughts on Rice's Erica Abunke? Where do you project her going on Friday? 
Yeah, I, I can uh, uh, talk on Eric a little bit. I think the you know all of us would state the obvious uh, uh, you know gr great bloodlines, right? You know this is this is a player that uh, very very different than Neca and Janae in that uh, she's more of a more of a guard. Uh, she's got a good strong build. Uh, obviously, the Agumake athleticism, uh, and I think probably the you know the greatest quality. Uh, for her is that uh, much like NECA and Shanae, uh, the way they go about their business, uh, they're, they're great people, they're committed, they're well-rounded. Uh, and so, you know, Erica would be falling in line uh, uh, with the, the traditions that her sisters have established. And, you know, I'd say from a skill set standpoint, she does some things that are really appealing. She's somebody who gets fouled at a frequent rate. Uh, as I mentioned, she's got a great build. She's certainly going to have to add uh, the, the perimeter aspects, not unlike Mecca and Shanae. Uh, the difference would be that Erica is a guard, uh, and so she's going to need to establish that pretty quickly. But uh, I'm pretty sure she's a player you'd love to have around, and uh, I hope she gets an opportunity. We'll go next to Darden Southern at Des Moines Register. Hi. Yes, this is for Alex, Cheryl, and Penny, but if uh, any of the other two have better assessments, they can jump in as well. Just Curious what you see in uh, Iowa's Kathleen Doyle. Um, it, it seems like second, third round is, is where she's projected, but I'm also curious how much her, the way she plays, her tenacity and all that is, um, you know, somebody who may get a, a better shot or somebody to take a, a more risk on just because of uh, that aspect of her game. I think Doyle had a, a great senior year. You know, I think if you look at, Obviously, Megan Gustafson, um, you know, getting a lot of the shine through the last few years. Uh, Kathleen Doyle is exactly what that program needed, and for her ability to show uh, what she can do uh, and carry her team to a high level of success again, once again, down at Iowa, um, you know, it's, it's a credit to her. Certainly can see her getting the opportunity. You know, you mentioned the second round. Uh, that, that seems uh, appropriate. And then, you know, from there, it's just about opportunity and fit and you know, what team she's drafted to, is there, is there going to be an opening? I, I think she's somebody that will be highly competitive uh, and will put herself in great position, uh, you know, to, to compete. And it's just really, really hard. Uh, just go through and look at rosters before the draft starts. There's not a lot of openings. Uh, and so, obviously, the, you know, the road to hoe would be, would be a tough one for anyone drafted uh, in the second and third rounds. Uh, but, but Kathleen, I think, you know, if you have a, a mindset, this is a process. This is not about right now. Uh, if, if that doesn't happen for her this season, I, I certainly see her being a player that continues to play basketball and then, you know, work to get her shot. Not unlike, uh, you know, Gustafson, you know, uh, obviously Dallas, uh, you know, found a way to, you know, kind of keep that going down there for Megan. And I think the same thing could happen for Kathleen in the right situation. We'll go next to Jackie Powell at High Post Hoops. Um, so this is a question about Mignon Moore. Um, according to a lot of the draft boards, it looks as if she'll, she could go early in the second round or maybe in the third. Um, but she just had such an important role on that Oregon Ducks team. So any of you who are willing to answer on that? Hey, Jackie. This is, this is Walt. Uh, yeah, so getting to watch um... – her a lot both uh at usc and at oregon um she's a really tough really well-rounded player obviously there's concerns about um her ability to consistently stress the defense with a jump shot but 
Um, she was a leader, you know, getting the watcher in practices. Um, she's really vocal. She's a fantastic defender. She can get to the rim. She's a plus athlete. Um, I think it's really realistic to think somebody's going to take a flyer on her, and I hope they do because she's a really, really tough player. So we'll go next to Hannah Whitham at The Athletic. Hi, this is a question for Cheryl. Um, we spoke a little bit about this before, but, of course, you, you chose Matisse Collier last year with the number six pick, and this year have the six pick again. Do you feel there's similar talent at that spot in this year's draft? Um, you know, that's hard to know because I think, you know, it's the hindsight, you know, piece because I don't necessarily know going into the draft that we felt like we would be getting a player that would be a starter and be a candidate for rookie of the year. I think going into the draft, I was concerned about any prospect uh, getting the minutes that you would want for them to have the opportunity to prove what their talent is. And so that's probably the same position we sit in uh, today as we feel like, Again, most of our teams, uh, if you don't have the number one, number two, number three picks that, um, you know, the players you're getting are probably going to be role players. Uh, and then when you there's an opportunity that presents itself, you, know, you find out more about them. So I, and we probably sit in about the same place. Uh, I see the draft a little different than, than last year. Um, you know, but I think overall the, the mindset would be most of us uh, in the middle uh, of the first round, feel like there will be a good player, somebody that could be a good player in our league for a long time. What level they reach, I think, is the harder harder projection. Don't you love to be comfortable? I sure do. That's why True Classic Tees are my favorite. It's based in LA, and this t-shirt company is on the rise. The t-shirts are so soft, they hold up in the wash, and they're incredibly versatile. And here's the best part. They're only $15, and now you can get them for even less. Go to trueclassictees.com and use this code at checkout, B-L-E-A-V, for 20% off. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at trueclassictees.com. We'll move next to Jeff Metcalf at Arizona Republic. Hi, this is for Sandy. Can you um, discuss a little bit what you see in Walker, um, Allery, and Harrigan? Yeah, hi, Jeff. Um, yeah, obviously, Walker, you know, she's one of the juniors that's come into the draft, and uh, she, she had a real solid year this year. And, I mean, obviously, I think everyone sees that she's a great three-point shooter. Um, you know, obviously, she has a strong body. It's like most of these kids coming in. There's going to be an adjustment period, and they've just got to get, uh, you know, used to playing against uh, players you know, probably better than them. Um, but um, I see a lot of up, upside in all of them, to be quite honest. Uh, Larry, I mean, you know, obviously she's got, she's got a great bloodline. Uh, that's for one. Um, you know, it's a pity about the NCAA didn't continue because I think her stock probably would even rise even more. But she's a school post player. Um, you know, she can shoot it. She can, play, she can get into the post. Um, you know, she, she, I, I just think she's going to get better and better. I mean... Um, just seeing her play against tougher opponents, I think that's probably what we would all like to see. Um, and sorry, who was the last player? Uh, Harrigan from South Carolina. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, you know, obviously she uh, had a great season. I mean, South Carolina, I mean, she was part of the reason there. Um, you know, just her athleticism. Uh, I think that, that that always makes the transition a little bit easier. Um, someone that obviously can, she can... She can stroke it. She's got a smooth stroke there. Um, yeah, so I, I think she'll be a handy player in the pros. And, um, 
you know, continue to develop, um, you know, outside shooting, but, uh, you know, and her engine. But, um, yeah, I think she has a lot of upside as well. We'll move next to Sarah Ven- Venlesuela at New York Daily News. Hi, thank you so much. Um, my question is for Coach Hopkins. Um, aside from Sabrina, what other players have you looked at? And um, uh, how do you think a player um, of her, like, magnitude could immediately impact the Liberty when the season eventually starts? Hey, Sarah. Yeah, the, uh, you know, that, that we had to look at everybody that was in uh, consideration for that top pick. So um, we've looked extensively at Sassy Sadley. Um, looked at Lauren Cox, Kennedy Carter, Ty Harris. I mean, we've really um, taken a little bit of time and, and dove into those players a little bit more. I think that's probably why we're unable to speak to some of the later round players quite as much as we might normally be able to. Um, I think any one of those players can be a, a cornerstone type player, you know, depending on how you use them. Um, and I think that you, hopefully you have a system in place and players in place, you're able to build around one of those players and, um, you know, in the case of a Lauren Cox or someone like that, she might be a little bit better attuned to be um, a piece of a system rather than a cornerstone, but um, the rest of the group is, is pretty strong, and um, you could probably make an argument for any of them. We'll move next to Alana Glass at Forbes Sports Money. First, I'm just curious to know for any of the coaches with the NCAA tournament being canceled due to the pandemic, um, did you have to sort of undergo, have you rather been undergoing any kind of creative scouting during this period, um, either game film and communicating with your staff? And then the second part of the question is, with the draft now being on ESPN um, and being for two hours, could you also comment on uh, this additional exposure that the league will be receiving um, now that it's been moved from ESPN2 to ESPN? Um, sure. So in terms of preparation, um, obviously the logistics, I think uh, someone's focus a little bit already, maybe it was Sandy. We're, we're still sorting through that, but in terms of preparing, you know, those conversations haven't changed much from any previous year. It's just now instead of doing them in person, we're doing them over video conference. Um, in terms of losing the NCAA tournament and the final four, that was, unfortunate but you know i'm sure like everyone else in the call you know our preparation for the draft started long ago Um, many of these players we've been watching for multiple years but certainly starting in november with the start of the women's collegiate season we hit the road and knowing we're going to have more picks in a normal year we, we doubled down on that so i think i watched more live basketball this college season than any previous season um, in terms of the opportunity for the league, I think it's the silver lining, right? Obviously, what we're dealing with as a society in general is awful, and uh, we all hope to be back sooner rather than later, as soon as everyone is safe and we can figure out a way to do that. But I think if there's any kind of silver lining in the situation, it, it is the fact that we have an opportunity to kind of own the sports landscape on Friday night. And I think our partners at ESPN are doing a great job in leading the way on that front, and and adding additional elements um, to the draft and the coverage and additional content around the league on that day. So very thankful for their partnership and really excited to see the chatter about and around um, all of the teams work on draft night and then thereafter uh, all of the conversation and debate around the picks. 
a unique but exciting WNBA draft this year. We'll be back in just a moment. If you love scratchers from the Virginia Lottery, you'll really love the new Lucky Number Scratcher. 32 chances to win $500,000 plus four bonus games. Stop by your closest retailer and check it out. For odds and more information, visit VALottery.com. Welcome back to our pre-draft coverage on Believe in Sparks. Now we continue our media conference call. At ESPN.com. Yeah, I think um, if Coach Reeve um, and Coach Brondello maybe um, could answer this. In general, if you guys are evaluating players and you think, hey, this player is sort of a borderline pick, is that generally easier to tell with a guard or a forward, um, or does it does it make a difference? And I guess I ask that, are do you generally maybe, are you willing to take a little bit more risk at one position based on what you think would be a pro development, whereas another position you think, hey, I, I want this player to be pretty ready by the time she gets there? I would say uh, it's not so much positional as opposed to uh, specific to a prospect, what you'd like the prospect to have if they are a borderline player. Um, you know, the the traits of, of who they are as an individual, uh, their work ethic, their passion for the game, that sort of thing. Uh, I would say that would probably be our preference. I don't know, um, you know, how the other coaches would, would go about the evaluation process. But uh, I think, you know, with your borderline, it's, it's, it's a long road. And, and, again, it's more of a process as opposed to an immediate what happens this year, the year you're drafted. And, um, you know, we have some good examples of players that, um, you know, both post players and guard players that that have uh, been cut numerous times and then finally get an opportunity, obviously none greater than Allie Quigley, probably, right? Um, and so I, so I think that probably would be, you know, my answer to that. I don't know how, how Sandy would feel. We'll go next to James Crepia at the Oregonian. Cheryl, with your experience playing Oregon with the national team, looking back at that, did you feel that night that that team had the potential for not just the number one pick with Sabrina, but possibly the one and two with Fatsu and maybe even a third first rounder with Ruby? Yeah, I'm not sure I needed that night uh, to tell me that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, certainly, um, yeah, I think people use it as a, as a measuring stick. And, and you know, that's, that's part of the reason for, you know, Oregon, um, you know, playing in that game was to kind of, you know, allow their players to see how they measure up and, and that sort of thing. Um, it was a useful uh, evaluation tool for sure. Um, but I think with or without that game, I think we had an idea of how special the Oregon group is. And if I could ask a question to Walt as well. Uh, Walt, beyond what Sabrina brings on the court, the Liberty sent quite a good number of personnel to Eugene over the course of the season. Can you speak to some of the things that the organization gathered on her away from what she brings to the basketball court in terms of her skill? I can I can speak for what I've seen. Um, she's really just a phenomenal leader uh, in multiple ways. One, she's not somebody who just stands back and you know says what to do. Um, she'll come down on teammates, but it's in a way that's constructive, and you can watch their body language um, as they take that feedback. And it's not easy uh, to be that type of a leader because you have to be doing everything you're saying um, in order to have the credibility to uh, lead the way that she did. And I think to see the poise with which she's handled all the things that have happened um, in the past couple of months, obviously we've all been through some things, but I think Sabrina in particular has been through a lot um, with her proximity to Kobe 
um, you know, speaking at his service and then flying and, and going and playing in a game where she didn't even warm up, you know. I mean, all these things speak to a person who um, really is pretty special. And uh, I think you need to look no further, you know, than the way that she's handled herself in times of crisis um, to know what type of a leader she is and what type of leader she could be at the next level. Well, next, Doug Bonjour at Hearst, Connecticut Media. Talking about uh, UConn's crystal danger field and you know, where you think she ranks among the available point guards and Crystal uh, will be the, the point guard taken after Ty Harris, more than likely. Uh, I think the, you know, Crystal's probably uh, looking at, um, in the right situation, having the opportunity to be a reserve player in our league uh, as she develops. And I think she's got some, some good qualities. She can defend. Obviously, she can shoot the three. Uh, comes from a great program. So I think all those things would, would allow her to get the opportunity uh, probably later in the first round, and, and um, if, if it's the right situation, there's opportunity in terms of a roster spot. Uh, she seems like somebody that, that uh, could make the most of an opportunity. To Zachary Rogers at Double G Sports. Um, my question is for Coach uh, Cheryl. Um, last year you, you took – there was such like poise with how you approached the season, and with this upcoming season, my more po- uh, sitting out again, um, and then – possibly a shortened roster, how do you guys, or what's the mindset or approach to continue to have that sense of confidence, you know, especially making the postseason with the um, altered roster? What gives us that confidence is uh, we still have the best center in the game uh, in Sylvia Fowles, who continues to play at a high level. Uh, that probably gives us the uh, the most amount of confidence, obviously, with Nafisa Collier's emergence. Uh, you know, Demiris uh, has had a nice season. So we have a front line that I think is competitive enough. Uh, that's the strength of our league right now. And so I think that, that it gives us some confidence. And, and, you know, we have some guard play that, uh, you know, Odyssey Sims, who uh, had one of her, her best seasons uh, as a pro, um, when she returns to play, you know, we think that uh, we have something to build on there. And so, you know, I think we have some good players. I think that probably gives us the most confidence. Next to Jerry Hill at Baylor Bear Insider. For Greg, uh, if you could assess, uh, if you don't mind, the three Baylor prospects in the draft, uh, particularly the first two with Lauren Cox and uh, Taya Cooper, and maybe how Taya helped herself with the team that she had. I think Lauren Cox obviously is an elite-level talent. Um, I think uh, the thing I might like the most about her is her leadership ability. I've watched her lead at Baylor some very on in her college career. Um and I've watched her teammates respond to her favorably. I think much like Walt spoke of Sabrina, I see a lot of that same kind of leadership by example um, kind of trait in, in Lauren. And obviously I think she's a great defender. Um, you know, I don't personally have the concern over the medical stuff um, that others may. Um, I think she's going to be a fantastic pro and have a long career. I think Taya helped herself tremendously. Coach Malky has definitely figured out a formula in terms of plugging in a point guard and having success. Um, and uh, much like Chloe Jackson before, Taya being more of a combo guard came in, had the opportunity to showcase herself at the point, did really well. I think, you know, she's got the pro body. Uh, I think she has the ability to hit her shot from almost anywhere. Obviously, the more minutes she gets at the point guard position, the more comfortable she'll get there. Uh, but I think she is, is also, uh, for sure, a WNBA talent. 
Um, Juicy, um, I think, is an elite shooter. Uh, I think she's probably a later uh, selection, maybe end of second round, somewhere in the third round. I think for her, it's probably more situational. Where does she go? What does that roster look like? Is there an opportunity for her to make a roster first as a specialist and then develop into, um, you know, more than that on a WNBA roster? But I think all three certainly have an opportunity uh, to be a part of the draft and get a shot in the WNBA. We'll go next to Akeem Glassby at the Indianapolis Star. This is for whoever would like to uh, to take it on. Um, I know the Indiana Fever are heading into the season with a first-year coach in Marianne Stanley. Uh, I know she's been a coach at several levels across the women's game. What does a, a Marianne Stanley coach look like, and how do you think she'll utilize the talent on the team? I think Marianne, um, you know, to me, obviously has a lot of experience in the WNBA and all of coaching. So she's dealt with uh, so many different players throughout her whole career. Um, you know, obviously she's well-respected. She's going into a team that is very skilled and talented. So it's more about just getting in the leadership, which I think she'll be a great fit uh, for her. Um, And, you know, it's, you know, she's getting those right players to buy in and and play hard. But like I said, our young team. So I think her leadership will certainly help them get them to that next level. It's been so darn long since Marianne got her opportunity after her early years in the WNBA uh, she didn't get a chance to be recycled like uh, some of the other the others that we've seen. So it'll be really interesting to see how she does this time around. We'll take our final question from Tyler Shaw at KBTX. Hi, this is for Greg or anyone else that wants to, to chime in. I just wanted to – was curious about your evaluation of Kennedy Carter, um, obviously a terrific, um, you know, shot maker and, and able to make – you know, create her own shot. But – how her game and what, how she'll be able to fit at the next level. You know, Kennedy grew up down the road from College Park Center, our home arena. And when I say that, I don't mean it figuratively. I mean it literally, literally down the road from the arena. So obviously a player uh, we've known about for a long, long time. I think she's an elite scorer. I think she's very dynamic on the offensive end. Um, I think that can translate, if necessary, depending on the roster, to the point guard position better than maybe some people want to give her the credit for. I think um, when she has WNBA talent around her, you'll see uh, a little bit more out of that uh, ability. Um, You know, I think obviously uh, commitment at the defensive end, uh, like any prospect, is something that she'll probably have to work on uh, to be more consistent in that regard. But in terms of going and getting a shot when you need a shot and being the kind of player who has to make up to want to take that shot when it matters the most, um, it's hard to beat her in this draft class. So I think she's going to be an exciting professional to watch for a long, long time. Thank you for joining us on Believe in Sparks on the Believe Podcast Network. The WNBA draft presented by State Farm will be on Friday, April 17th, held without players, guests, and the media. WNBA Commissioner Kathy Engelbert will announce the draft picks live on ESPN and the ESPN app. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Top picks will take part remotely. Follow Sydney Weiss on Twitter and Instagram at SwissBaby24, and I'm at Stacy Pates. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can find us on Luminary, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and TuneIn. Thank you for listening to Believe in Sparks, presented by BetOnline.ag.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.